This is why we don't get any paid promotions, guys. <laughs> we don't want them uh, promoting our product. <laughs> Three developers, one mission. Build a business to nurture personal fulfillment. It's not stupid, it's Founder Quest. Yeah, the party doesn't start until you show up, Josh. The party animal. <laughs> yeah, that's true. How's everybody doing? Good. All right. Had a good week this week. How are yeah. you, Star? I'm doing pretty good. I got to dive a little bit into our sort of usage data for free users. And that's always fun when I get to do that. I got to use Jupyter Lab a little bit, brushing up on my Python skills. Whenever I would do my my sort of deep dives into numbers and stuff, I'd always just uh, make a bunch of Ruby scripts and use the Ruby scripts to kind of process the data and make it, you know, understandable to me. But it turns out there's a whole freaking like ecosystem around uh, this in Python. And it's, uh, yeah, this, this, there's a system called Jupyter Labs. You can get it as part of this bigger distribution that's basically, it's called um, Conda which is, it's a Python distribution that just has like all of the data science stuff built into it. And so, yeah, so it's just this little web app you run and then you can, it's really kind of awesome. It's like um, if you took an IRB shell or something and put it inside of a text editor and let you write markdown around it. And then also included a whole bunch of tools for doing really complicated stuff with like tables of data and doing that in like one or two lines of code. That's cool. Yeah, that reminds so. me a little bit of like uh, like what I've seen of uh, like org mode in uh, Emacs. Isn't that like they have the thing where you can like embed code and like generate tables and stuff like that? I think it's super like I don't know. It's like a pain in that. the ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is surprisingly not a pain in the ass. It's pretty cool. So yeah, so I've got some. I'm not done with it, but I'm going to have a little report to share at our marketing meeting, which I think is next week, and. Yeah, about how to squeeze more blood out of our freezers. So get ready, <laughs> get ready, guys, because it's not going to be pretty. I'm just kidding. It's well, we've been very generous to our free users, so there's a lot of yeah, there's there's a lot of potential there. I have uh, a suggestion for helping our free users add some value to us. You know, as a- <laughs> is, the, is this just like our, our our monetization model now? We just like we just ranted our free users who listen to our podcast. They're just like, if you want to hear us stop bitching, then (laughs) sign up for a paid plan. (laughs) We'll annoy you until you pay us. (laughs) So we had a a free user upgrade just a little while ago, just this morning. And I went and looked at their account and they've been a free user for a few months. And the trigger, what I was interested in is like, why did they upgrade? And I was actually going to email them because I've been spending all morning emailing new signups and reaching out to people who have signed up recently. Anyway, so I was going to contact this person and say, hey, why, why did you sign up? But I went and checked their account and it turns out they sent a whole lot of errors today or yesterday. And so they, they've you know, reached the quota limit and so they had to upgrade so they could actually get their errors. And so my idea is we just send every new signup a bottle of whiskey and tell them that they can only drink it while they're coding, right? And so then they deploy that code, oh, there you go. get so a bunch of errors. Their, exactly, yeah. exactly. We sabotage their code. Our, our discussion along these lines is really like reminding me in a weird way of like the Godfather or something. It's like, okay, free users, we've been very generous to you. 
um, over the years. Can, have you doubted our generosity? No. <laughs> so now it's time uh, for us to ask a little favor. I like it. I don't know if <laughs> it works good. that way on the internet. No, I don't think so. We need to get a new illustration of the honey badger as the godfather. Oh, there you go. I can just see him sitting behind yeah. the oak panel desk, you know, in the in the overstuffed chair, smoking a cigar. Yeah, that would be that would be something. I I'm not sure people would immediately we'd have to caption it. Yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, otherwise it's just like an executive, right? Fat cat yeah. CEO boss, right? Yeah, exactly. We're not about that. <laughs> We're the um, exception monitoring tool for the 99%. <laughs> Is that why we're so cheap? <laughs> Occupy exceptions. So. Yeah, it must be. Must be. <laughs> I've been doing this, this outreach this week, getting started. We mentioned in the last episode, working with a, a sales team, coach, concierge, app, combo, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. I couldn't remember the name, unfortunately, last week. But this week, I can remember the name because I've been doing it working with them all week. And it's, it's Harris from introcrm.com. They are fantastic. We uh, just started working with them on nurturing our inbound leads because we do get people signing up all across the spectrum. We get a bunch of those free users, but we also get people signing up who are, you know, developers at very large organizations. And so we're trying to develop a scheme where we, you know, optimize our time and reach out to people who with a little more personal approach to people who might be at those big orgs, right? Who Mm -hmm. might end up being a bigger customer. So this week, I've basically just been reaching out to a whole bunch of people, like regardless of their, you know, company size or whatever. I'm just like trying to get into the groove of emailing people and saying, hey, what do you think about Honey Badger? Is there anything I can do for you? And then over time, we'll refine that process and, and hopefully like fill up the pipeline so I can start even doing like demos or something crazy like that. Oh so, my God. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's been, it's been great. We'll have you have to, to get out the old clip on tie. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have to get you some Oxford shirts and uh, a clip on tie. Do they make some that are just like, they just need to cover your shoulders basically. And like, just like halfway down your torso, just cause like, that's all I'm you sure see on zoom. So you just like, it's like a, it's, yeah. it's like a bib, right? It's like a, a child's bib. It's a sales bib. Or like when you go to, <laughs> when you go to eat ribs, um, <laughs> I'm actually, I'm still tying a tie once a week, every week. Yeah. Even though yeah. I'm doing still, even though I'm still doing church online on Sundays, uh, yeah. yeah, on Sundays, yeah. I'm still putting on the white shirt, <laughs> putting on the tie. And yeah. I mean, it's gotta be like kind of comforting to keep some sort of tradition, like weekly tradition, like yeah. that during the past, like crazy, just totally. like, yeah. Yeah. Groundhog day. <laughs> exactly. That's cool. I have switched out the suit pants for sweatpants, but other than that, I'm still <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Haven't we all? <laughs> One of the interesting things that I thought was interesting with, uh, cause we have a Slack connect channel now with, uh, interest, interest CRM folks. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so they've been like giving us some, I guess, sales tips and they're helping us identify those leads. Harris mentioned that a lot of times, like, like employees at large orgs will sign up with their personal email addresses sometimes. So you need to like, you can't just like identify people based on their company email or something, right? I think that was right. something he mentioned. Yeah. It's pretty so and, and those Gmail addresses might not be so, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I think they might not be hackers. Right. Yeah, we do. We do get a lot of signups from like security researchers who use like, you know, the Joe Blow and random six digit, you know, address at gmail.com and so we've, in, in some cases, we're like, well, we don't really count them because they don't, they're just 
kicking the tires and trying to see if they can find, you know, some vulnerabilities in the side or whatever, yeah. which is fine, but they're not really a lead, you know? So yeah, it's good to have like some, some external validation, I guess, around, yeah, let's really see who these people are. And maybe that, maybe that JoeBob23 at gmail.com is actually, you know, a CTO. <laughs> like at the, that's, the yeah. Company. Like yeah. I'm trying to think like, why, why do you think that that would be, I don't know if it's a trend. Like I think you just mentioned that it can, it can happen, but like mm -hmm. if it happens enough for, you know, like a sales consultant to mention it, like, why do people, why is that a thing? Like, do you think they're like trying to like, like they don't want their bosses to know that they're like trying like tools outside the, the company. <laughs> Maybe they don't want salespeople to contact them. <laughs> yeah. That's, is that, that it? Is, yeah. <laughs> they don't want the sales spam to their Oh, so the salespeople are on to the salespeople are on to them though. Cause they're like, <laughs> they're like mentioning that as like one of the first things to look for. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, this is a rivalry is what you're through, saying, right? A classic rivalry. Yeah. It's like war of the roses. Since you're like going through these by hand, like I found that like it was, kind of obvious which you know free email addresses looked a little suspicious like string of random characters at aol.com mm -hmm. probably not a legit developer <laughs> sign up the people with like the free the who, who were probably pen testers probably not real leads who were using the free mail accounts like they were they were definitely they looked programmatically generated or they looked like somebody's grandma's email account that somebody hacked in 1996 and <laughs> hasn't been recovered yet yeah they should, yeah, they should have used Faker. <laughs> right. Yeah, we need to build an AI for this, like to automatically, you know, give us a thumbs up or thumbs down if someone looks like they're a real, actual customer. Yeah. There's probably something like that out there. Probably is. But you have to like... It would probably be terrible. You have to, get, you have to join a sales <laughs> call for it. being like super racist or something like all the AIs <laughs> are these days. Yeah. We don't have so many signups that it's, you know, unworkable to actually manually go over them. We do have enough that I don't want to spend all day, every day doing deep dives into researching every person. But, you know, uh, yeah, like scanning the list and seeing someone that looks like a mailinator.com sign up. It's like, okay, we'll just pass over that one and go on to the next one. <laughs> yeah. So how's the response so far? Are you getting any uh, people replying? So per what you would expect from developers, not a whole lot of responses, but yeah, some, some. And uh, the People that do respond, it's it's been nice. Like the responses have been good. Like, oh, you know, thanks for checking, or you know, I'm doing this, or you know, stuff. So, yeah, it's been good. Cool. And it's fun yeah, checking it's out their websites. Like, I I've been checking out some things. Like, one was a, a like a, a land. Uh, you know, you can check out what the, a plot of land who is owned by, and like mm. the, the classification and the zoning and stuff like that. So, one of our customers um, who signed up recently is running one of those things, and I, I just love that stuff. I'm a I'm a location nerd. I love shopping for houses and stuff. And so that was just fun to play on their website for a few minutes. That's cool. Random. Do you mention that stuff? Like when you do that research, do you mention like, oh, I think your, th you know, your, your pr yeah, totally. product is really cool. I, I did the same thing like years, years back. I remember taking like, yeah, like just going through and emailing people. And I found that was helpful. Like mention, some, you know, show them that you actually did some research and you're not just like, cause a lot, I mean, a lot of people are just, they just assume that any email they get after they sign up for, for your product are, is like an automated, you know, autoresponder. So. Yep. And also nothing else. It's, you know, it's going to be nice to have that kind of, um, feedback about just our customers and who they are and what they're working on. Yeah. I'm, yeah. And I'm particularly like focused in on, so we have in our internal admin tools, we have a list of people who signed up recently. 
And on that list, it shows ones that have like not created a project or not sent any error traffic. So obviously they haven't used the app really yet. And so I'm, I'm really focused on those. Like if I see a zero in that column, then I try to make sure to reach out to them and say, hey, you know, is there mm -hmm. anything I can do to help you get your app going, get HoneyBadger installed? Because like if they don't ever activate, then obviously they're not going to convert. And that's, that's yeah. bad news for everybody, right? Yeah. It would, I mean, like yeah. it makes sense to have someone doing that on a regular basis, probably. That's true. Yeah. I'm curious what you'll find because like I, I found that, I mean, obviously this was like, um, when I looked at it, this was uh, data from, from it's historical data. Right. But I found that like once you sort of filtered out people like, you know, in free email, email addresses, once you limit it to I, like the U S just to make things easier, like we didn't have a ton of people who weren't, who weren't like, onboarding themselves and, and uh, sending errors to us. Yeah. Yeah. I think most people who are, you know, real people who are actually interested in the product actually do get through the whole process and, you know, do activate. So, yeah, but anything, I'm trying everything to see what we can do oh, to, totally, yeah. to activate those yeah. people. So we'll see if, you know, if you, time if you really want to go the extra mile, you could, uh, you could do one of those, um, like screen, little personalized screencasts, like Harris sent you for, for like the sales proposal, but just do like a quick one, like be like, Hey, so-and-so, like I saw you signed up, like just wanted to show you we're real people over here. And you know, like something really short, that's like easy to produce if you like created a system for it. But like, I, I, I wonder if that would change the uh the response rate at all because uh, yeah. it's kind of hard it's kind of hard to like i mean at, at least if you see it and realize what it is it's kind of hard to like brush that off as like oh this is just like a low effort you know yeah true it would be, true the trick would be getting people to click on it because yeah. i'm not going to click on any video sent to me <laughs> yeah yeah well i, I didn't well, we upload it to like a picture of the front of their house <laughs> upload it somewhere recognizable <laughs> like youtube or vimeo or like I'm standing outside of her house right now. It's, probably it's like street view of their office. Yeah. <laughs> on, on the video note, actually one video that I'm thinking about, seriously thinking about making is regarding our mission. Like when I was talking to Harris, we said we had this intro, like this, this, uh, startup call, you know, this, let's figure out what we're going to be doing for the first month, you know, and things. And it was just like, a, I don't know, an hour or something on zoom. And it was great because Harris is like interviewing me basically, like to find out how they could best fit into our current you know, situation and, and help us get to where we want to go. And he asked about, I can't remember what the question was, but uh, my answer was talking about why we do what we do, like why we built Honey Badger. And as, as I was wrapping up talking about that, I was like, man, I wish we had recorded this Zoom call because if I took that snippet where I was talking about that and, and just published that, that would be a great video for our website. Basically talking about how, one, we, we built Honey Badger because of our frustration with the tool that we had at the time and how we felt like we deserve better and all developers deserve better. And so we built something that we felt would be better and would help make the developers' lives better, at least when it comes with you know dealing with exceptions, right? And then the next step, which... I don't think we talk about enough and I, I'm going back to the website copy to, to update this and, and maybe this is why I'll make the video too. So one, make developers lives better, but also to make developers customers lives better. Like that's mm -hmm. our goal is to help developers know what's happening with their customers in their apps. And so they can fix those bugs quickly. They can respond to those customers 
quickly and let them know, hey, saw that you had a problem. Sorry about that. They fixed it. You know, just let people know that you care, that you're not just like, well, whatever. We don't care about our customers because they can have all the problems and we're just going to go about our merry way. Right. So, yeah. So I spent like, I don't know, five or 10 minutes, like just delivering that spiel to, to Harris. And I was like, yeah, this would make a great video for our, for our website. So it's on my to-do list. If I nice. can get up the nerve to actually see myself in a recorded video, you know? Yeah, you can, you can do it. <laughs> yeah it might take a few takes I, I that was i that was like a lot harder than i realized like talking to a camera you know when no when you're not actually like talking to anyone when no one's there you're just like talking yeah. to the camera it's to, it's weird but oh, yeah. i think it, you yeah it gets a little bit more familiar the more you do it you can just pay, like tape a picture of somebody you like <laughs> below your webcam or something right maybe like tape a picture of my ideal customer like find that target customer, yeah. you know, Mr. Mr. CTO or, you know, Mrs. CIO and be like, hi, Mrs. CIO, I'm Ben. I'm here to tell See, you why you built Honey Badger. <laughs> that would be a funny, that would be a really funny product with like, uh, you know, like for AI and like, like deep fakes and stuff. Like it could actually like generate a person for you to talk to for those oh, types of things hey. that like right. actually like responds to what you're saying. So it's as if they're listening. Oh, I like that. You know? <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. I was going the other way. I was thinking you could just like um, make paper cutouts and glue them to popsicle <laughs> sticks so you could like have a little puppet show. Maybe that could be your video. Like people don't have to like just watch you. They could just, you can do a little puppet show. You just like that. Do like, your two hands how, talking to each other. This we are. This is how busy, like we are. Sock puppets. <laughs> yeah. I'm a developer. <laughs> That would be unique. I have not seen that done <laughs> recently. Yeah, I was just thinking of Stephen and Holly the other day. I don't know if y'all remember that show, but it's mm -hmm. pretty amazing. Nobody crickets. Okay, I guess that's why it got canceled. Anyway, <laughs> funniest show, funniest show from nineteen ninety eight, ninety nine. Speaking of funny shows from the nineties, so I uh, got a trial of uh, Paramount Plus because I wanted to watch. A movie and i was like hey they, they have it for free so i can get a trial and so i watched the movie and then i was like cruising to see what else they had to watch we don't watch a whole lot of tv in the curtis household so i was just scrolling through and i saw beavis and butthead and i'm like so my, my my boys were in the room so they're like they're 20 and 16 i'm like hey i mean this is perfect right the three of us beavis and butthead what can get better and I'm, so i'm like hey you guys want to watch beavis and butthead and they're like no not oh no! It's like oh, it's, it's not oh, cool gosh. anymore. Uh, <laughs> you should have said it was gonna deep suck, fried. Like. <laughs> it's called it a deep fried meme or something. Whatever they do, I, I know it's like all these like things, all these like shows and the, like things that we love that we grew up with, and now and there's like so many more of them for us now. You know, with all the media that's being produced, and it's just gonna, like the kids are just gonna be like, yeah, I really want to watch like I Love Lucy with my dad. You know, like. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. So my my daughter who's five has this bit she does and I fall for it every time. She's like, Hey, could you um could you tell me about what things were like when you were a kid? <laughs> and I'm like, Okay, yeah, I, I like this is this is something new. I like this. And so I start saying something and then she like lets me go for a second, then she interrupts and she says, Were there dinosaurs? <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome did, did you have food back then <laughs> and it's just like every time i forget that i'm being set up i fall for it every time it's just 
That's great. <laughs> Do you think she's trolling you intentionally? A hundred percent. Nice. A hundred percent trolling me. Yeah, it's, that's her whole job. That's her whole life now. <laughs> it's trolling me. Yeah, with her little shit-eating grin. Like, I, I love her, but oh man, she's just, she really, she really trolls me. So a number of us attended MicroConf Remote this week. Oh, how was that? It was good. What'd you think, Josh? Wait, you mean everybody but me? Yeah, basically. Okay. <laughs> I liked the uh, a Gather, the like yeah. the app. I attended a conference. This is like, it's gather.town is the URL. And it's, um, it's like a virtual event space that's like 8-bit. It's like Zelda or something for conferences. Like, I don't know. So, or like Stardew Valley reminds me kind of like of that. But you can like, basically like they had an event space where like, the, you know, they had, it was like a virtual layout of a, like, you know, whatever, a conference event. And they had like breakout rooms and an auditorium. I think I'd used this once before, like, like last year like right when everyone was scrambling to figure out like virtual events and it was a little like i didn't really i don't know i didn't really click as much then like i thought it was cool but um it's like it didn't get utilized very much but i think they recently added like where they like show the actual like when you go into the auditorium like it actually shows the um like whoever's speaking at the time like it pops up their video and it's like the events is actually happening inside of the uh inside of this uh like little 8-bit world which was kind of fun so we all uh like ben and kevin and i sat together in the in the middle row and ben had a ops emergency so we knew it was like a real it was just like it was it felt just like being at microconf you know like <laughs> yeah gather gather town was was really good i, I that's a, i think that's the best virtual conference experience i've had so far like business of software was really good and this was really good. I, I would make a couple changes though. I would, I know the 8-bit thing is all cool and stuff, but if you want to get really close to a real conference, it's better to have real faces. <laughs> like part of the appeal for GatherTown is like you're, you're wandering around in the, what's like a physical space, right? And so you might, you might come up to a group of people who are talking and then like their audio fades in and their video, if they have video on, you can see their faces. And so you can like join a conversation like you would at a real conference, like walk up mm -hmm. and like, Hey, you know, I'm such and such. Right. But what you can't do with the way they have the eight bit thing is like, and, and then you couldn't customize your avatar much is you can't yeah. recognize somebody from afar off. Right. You can't mm -hmm. say, Oh, I know that person. I want to go and, and see what they're up to. Right. Or I remember seeing them last year. Let me go because it's like, you know, no one knew who Ben, right, is like, uh, it's just an yeah. avatar, right? So it's, that was kind of frustrating because there are people that I knew who were there, but I so don't know who's, yeah, unless they have like a really name. like unique name or something. A name, right? Because, yeah. 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 I had a similar thought. Like if they, if you could customize, like personalize your avatar to the point where people would recognize you, that would be, that would be or cool. Or, or use a headshot. But I don't know, like the 8-bit is kind of fun too like yeah. uh, it's i don't know yeah it's, uh, and then I mean, the other bit and the other thing that goes along with that is like a badge so at conferences you know you wear this badge on your lanyard right it has your name and it has yeah. maybe your company name maybe your twitter handle maybe you know whatever and those are actually useful you know surprise surprise because like you can walk up to a group of people and you can quickly look at badges and see people's names so if you don't know someone but you know their name right oh you're you know whomever 
oh, I should talk to you because because of whatever, we have a shared interest, right? But that yeah. information wasn't available in Gathertown either, right? You couldn't really broadcast that my name is Ben Curtis or, you know, I'm the co-founder of Honey Badger, right? Which all the time at conferences, people are like, you know, see the name tag and they see the name and they're like, oh, I know Honey Badger. And then that, they strike up a conversation. So I yeah. think if you really want to replicate that experience, mm. you, you got to have show that somehow on the screen. But otherwise, Gathertown was great. I loved it. Yeah, it seems like they need a little like um, they need everybody's profile in there, and you can like search and find where they are in the room. Yeah, or whatever. they could definitely and, make some improve. Yeah, you know, like a roster. You get close to people, it pops up like you know dossiers on each of them. Mm -hmm. Whatever happened to Second Life? They, they still. I was just thinking. I mean, it like, sounds like a very. It seems sounds like what people were doing in Second Life. It's like yeah, like like twenty years ago, like. Yeah, it's still around. I yeah, it's still that. around and it hasn't changed. Like it, I mean, like it's every time I've gone back and looked at it, like it's just the same, you know, it's, it's basically the same, but it just seems like I, I'm surprised we haven't like, they just haven't exploded in the last year. Like this was like their, their opportunity to like, of all, like, I mean, like they're a virtual world, like that's got like, I mean, they've had, they have all that stuff built in. Like you can play video in, in the world. Like it's all, it's like the most, one of the most virtual spaces probably that you could have. So like, I'm, I'm surprised that they didn't like pivot <laughs> after whatever, however many years and like, you know, really, that would be really go mainstream to just like, they would have to, um, like they would have to just be like, okay, drop everything. We're going to build a completely new yeah. platform that doesn't, <laughs> isn't old. That's going to entice people. Like by the time you get done with it, you know, pandemic's over. So I've never checked out second life. But one thing that was interesting about your idea about them pivoting, I think maybe it's just like they, they support, it's too wide open. Like uh, yeah. Ben Thompson of Strategery had a great bit about this recently when he was comparing Second Life to Roblox and talking about the success of Roblox. And like one of the, he, he argues that one of the successful attributes of, of Roblox is the, the limited nature of the environment, right? It's, it's very constrained. And so that, yeah encourages creativity in other ways that you don't get in a second life where like everything's possible. Right. And so yeah. it's kind of overwhelming. Yeah. Right. I don't know. I think like having watched the documentary and not ever used it, it seems like there's a lot of creativity there. Well, there so, is. Yeah. But then it's also, I mean, like, I imagine it would be hard for them to pivot also just because of the way they've like, they built like a functioning economy into the system. Like I'm, yeah. I'm assuming they would have like, you know, popular uprisings and uh <laughs> there would be like you know like revolts um you know like if they if they pivoted to like sell out to some sort of corporate like you know event overlords or something like the people would rise up because it's like there's a lot there's people that still make like i mean that's that's they make their living in that economy yeah that's true yeah, I just think having a more constrained environment would be better for a conference, right? Like the Gather Town thing. You're, oh, yeah, for a conference. Yeah, you're located in this conference center, right? And you have the expo hall and you have the library and things like that. Mm -hmm. I did love the expo hall in Gather Town. I really did. Like being able to go up and check out a, a vendor, a sponsor, without actually having to chat with someone was fantastic, right? I, oh, that's I, nice. Yeah, you could, you could yeah. go up, you could walk up to a booth and there might be a person there or there might not. And there would be like a computer there on the desk. And you could, if you check that out, you would actually see their webpage that was specifically for the conference. Or you could, of course, chat to the booth person who might be manning the booth. Mm -hmm. so it was, that's like the best Expo Hall experience of a conference so far. That's cool. I didn't go in there. I should have. It's great. I didn't really do anything. 
to be honest. Yeah, I didn't do a lot of hanging Besides out. Besides sit in the auditorium, but I mean, I, it, I, you know, that was cool. That was cool. So props to MicroConf for using the Gather Town. That was a good experience. I also liked one of the things I liked about the MicroConf, uh, the way they did it, was that it wasn't it wasn't like all day, which. Mm-hmm. Some of the past virtual events I've done, like they kept the, the, like the schedule of like a traditional event, which is like, you know, session, sessions in the morning, break for lunch, session, sessions in the afternoon. By the end of it, like you've been sitting in front of your computer, like in a you know, virtual meeting basically for like eight hours or something. And it's just exhausting. And MicroConf only had like, they did like two talks, I think, per day or something. And then there was opportunity to like go do, you know, if you wanted to use the, go check out the sponsors or chat, you know, find people to chat with, you could, but it felt less uh, overwhelming. Yeah. I would like, I would like it if regular conferences were like that. I mean, they're not because everybody's like away from work and doesn't want to be away from work for a week, but like two talks a day is about honestly my ideal situation. That's basically yeah. what we what we do at normal yeah. microconf. <laughs> yeah, in normal conferences, like I just I can't watch them all. I just by the end of the day, like like sure I can sit there, but I am just not comprehending anything that's going on. Yeah, should we say, voice our opinion about uh, missing Las Vegas, Ben? <laughs> <laughs> so, or is that too controversial? Because yeah. oh. <laughs> we were like we were some of the ones that were like, man, I, I'm sick of coming to Las Vegas. But now, like the thought of not go, like I just don't want to go to Minneapolis. I'd rather I, I miss <laughs> Las Vegas for some reason. And I'm, you know, we haven't even like come to that yet. Yeah, well, we got to the point where we weren't staying at the Tropicana anymore because right. like we had enough of the Tropicana, that's, right? So maybe that's it. Like we we complained about Las Vegas for like several years, and then we were like, let's just like stay somewhere else. And then we started doing that, and all of a sudden, like it switched, and they it got better to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, when when we can afford, it. we can afford to like. <laughs> When you posted that street view of Coco's, uh, that that hit me right in the feels. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah now I miss going to Vegas for MicroConf because that was yeah. the tradition that we had. So Ben and I, yeah, we always would go, and this was your tradition before, I think, like, I missed the first couple at least, or I don't know how many I missed, but, like, there's Coco's is like a diner right next to the Tropicana, or actually it's, like, down down the street past the Hooters. And so like we would always walk down there uh, in the mornings and get breakfast or whatever, you know, like just like diner breakfast, just because I mean, like Tropicana is probably not much better <laughs> and you get, you get, you know, you get to go outside. Yeah. You get to walk. Yeah. So um, the first morning or like the second morning of virtual microconf, I, uh, you know, I got on Google street view and I, I went to the Tropicana and then I did the little, you know, I went did our little street walk <laughs> to the, to Coco's and then sent Ben a screenshot. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, trip down memory lane. One t- point in favor of Minneapolis, I, and I agree with you, like uh, given the choice between Las Vegas and Minneapolis, I would choose Las Vegas every time. But one, one f- point in favor of Minneapolis is they have some fine eating establishments there around the convention center. That's so, true. You know, when I travel, I love to just kind of splurge on food. And uh, I mean, obviously Vegas has some incredible food selections that you're just not going to beat. But but Minneapolis has some good eateries some near good the stuff, yeah. center, so yeah, yeah. And I liked I liked the indoor like Skyway or whatever. Yeah, the Skyway was Minneapolis. The Sky Bridges, yeah. But I'd rather but maybe we'll yeah. get to go to conference in person again sometime next year or something. 
Yeah, I mean, like, no matter where it is, it'll still be. <laughs> yeah, I, it'll still be fun. I realize that I actually do miss traveling a few times a year. It's like, I don't think I'd ever want to travel like on a regular basis, but I think I've been averaging three or so times a year prior. It makes to a difference. Yeah, I miss it. I miss yeah. going places. Yeah, that's nice. You know, my I got the well, actually, like late last year, I got the notification that my uh, TSA pre-check expire is expiring, like in july or something this year and and like when i first got the notification i was just like it was just bummed me out like i'm like man like do i even need this anymore like will i ever travel again and so i'm starting to think that i will probably be renewing it pretty soon here because it'll expire right around the time i need it they should totally give you a one-year extension on that they should i'm sure they're not equipped to do that (laughs) (laughs) they're yeah, they're not equipped for much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's going to be weird, like getting back into normal life and travel and stuff like that. Like we've been doing little road trips and, you know, staying at Airbnbs and stuff, but that's not like, it's not really the same. Yeah. Where are you going to go first, Star? I don't know. I don't know. Like the grocery store. <laughs> like, <laughs> I actually go inside. Yeah. I don't know, maybe to see the grandparents in uh, California. Yeah, that's where I'd be going. See the, see the grandparents. Stuff. I'm going to, I mean, like, screw the grandparents. I'm going to Hawaii. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there you go. Sorry, grandparents. <laughs> Just tell the grandparents to go to Hawaii and meet them there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so one other thing that happened this week that is kind of fun. I just deployed a few minutes ago, actually is uh, we're now supporting promotion codes. So oh. another kind another of growth hack that we're going to try is partnering with some different groups. And uh, what really prompted this actually was MicroConf. Uh, so a few, a few months ago, months or ago, uh, Ben Finlay posted about going to the AppSumo marketplace. And uh, I thought, yeah, it's a good idea. And, but didn't really think a whole lot of it, didn't really plan on doing much about it, you know, just like, yeah, we should do that someday. And then kind of set it aside. And then like at MicroConf Remote, they talked about uh, Ruben Gomez's doc sketch and how he did an AppSumo thing. And as I was watching that, and then they had a person from AppSumo talking about the marketplace, talk about, you know, how it works and things like that. And I thought, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. And I remembered Ben's Basecamp post and I went and looked at that. I'm like, yes, let's do it. And so like during that talk, I start, started to write code. I'm like, all right, I have an idea of how to do this. And so, uh, so I guess that was Wednesday. Wednesday, Thursday, I wrote the code and uh, put it up there last night for PR and Josh approved it this morning. So now we actually support promotion codes so we can do nice. that AppSumo marketplace yeah. listing. And I have some other ideas of people we can reach out to that I think would be interested in handing out promotion codes for Honey Badger. So oh, that's awesome. If you happen and, to be, uh, if you're listening and you happen to be interested in uh, uh, doing a promotion with Honey Badger, feel free to reach out. Um, how can they reach you? Uh, ben at honeybadger.io would be the best way to go. All right. You mentioned DocSketch briefly. I feel like, like, I feel like I should say, like, we use the hell out of DocSketch. Mm-hmm. Like, I would not, so DocSketch is a thing that, um, it's an e-signature platform. It's very much like, um, what is it, DocuSign? Mm-hmm. But it is much, much, much more affordable, reasonably priced. Yeah, it does everything we need and it's much more, I don't know. Also, it's Simple. just kind of friendlier. It's simpler. I like it, yeah. It really is like the best one I've used, I think. Yep. It is, it is. And we do, 
at least one or two a week because I use it for all my author agreements. Yeah. I've been using it for the contractors too. Yeah. For our like freelancers. Yeah, so, so I feel like we should plug that product because yeah, it's awesome. And Ruben's awesome. And yeah, so everybody should go out and, and buy it. So it really was like a classic microconf. Uh, you you missed yeah. the first day due to a uh, honey badger. And then you spent the, the second couple de- or the next couple days, like building out a feature based on your takeaways. We got a little trip to Coco's. <laughs> yes. Almost like the real thing. Could, wow. Couldn't ask for yeah. more. Yeah. You should have had me come over and I would uh, spray y'all with dirty water to like simulate the time the fire extinguisher <laughs> went off during the... Um, oh, that was fun. Yeah. During the talks. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing we didn't get is like the sore feet from walking back and forth across the Strip. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So much walking. Well, you never know. Maybe there will be a return to Vegas one day for old time's old time's sake. Or we could just go to Vegas. You know, if if they keep doing the 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 virtual microcoms, we could just go to Vegas for the you know and and just like stream it from the hotel. <laughs> there you go. I mean, why are we even trying to pursue <laughs> growth by like through customers? Like we can just put it all on red. Yeah. <laughs> just let it roll. <laughs> Let it ride, whatever. It's our, whatever those it's our annual growth trip. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, you've been listening to Founder Quest. If you want to review us on Apple Podcasts, that's awesome. If you want to write for us, we're always looking for writers. Go to our blog at honeybadger.io forward slash blog and see the Write for Us page. And we're starting a new thing that I'm recruiting writers for, which is. We're going to be doing some quarterly sort of reports showing all the sort of news and events and activity that's happened around um, various programming language communities. So if you're interested in that, get in touch too. All right. See you all later. Founder Quest is a weekly podcast by the founders of Honey Badger. Zero instrumentation, 360-degree coverage of errors, outages, and service degradations for your web apps. If you have a web app, you need it. Available at honeybadger.io. Want more from the founders? Go to founderquestpodcast.com. That's one word, where you can access our huge back catalog of episodes. FounderQuest is available on iTunes, Spotify, and other purveyors of fine podcasts. We'll see you next week. <laughs>